0: It was uh, 1630 when John Winthrop, the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, was on the ship sailing across the Atlantic and used this image from today's gospel in words that uh, made a mark when he said them and have been with us ever since. In that famous sermon, later entitled A Model of Christian Charity. Winthrop said, For we must consider that we shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us, so that if we shall deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken, and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword through the world. The sermon goes on and on, but it painted this strong image of the, the colonies, what would become the United States, what is known as America, would be the city on a hill for all the world. And so everyone would look this direction for a model of charity, as Winthrop put it, a model of love, a model of walking right with God. These words are familiar because uh, preachers and politicians ever since (laughs) have used them to, again, try to rally people around this idea that we are God's chosen and we have a particular responsibility. These images of Saul and light are uh, strong images from the gospel. They're they're familiar images because we see them almost every day. We we know what salt is. We know what light is. Uh, Both are useful. If you think about it, though, too much of either one can be a problem. Um, Too much salt in the diet causes all sorts of problems, as our doctors remind us. too much salt in food ruins the recipe. <laughs> Too much salt and that's all you taste. Uh, salt can sting. Um, those of us who have jumped in the ocean with a cut or something, we've seen the healing properties of salt. But if you've ever been to, um, to Israel and jumped in the Dead Sea, the saline is so strong there that you can't dare open your eyes or your eyes will sting for hours. Too much salt is a bad thing. Too much light can blind. One of the great gifts for me of living in New York City is I don't have to drive much anymore, hardly at all. I used to hate driving at night because those lights of trucks especially, they'd get right in my eyes. And Sometimes I would try to wear sunglasses at night. I'd do all sorts of crazy things, but it was just really irritating to me that the light would get in my eyes when I drove. Too much salt's bad, too much light's bad. And so the the trick is to find a balance, right? Um, We're called to be people of light, but not to blind everybody in the world. We're called to be salty, but not to be so distasteful as to make uh, families and friends run in the other direction. I've been thinking about this a lot this week. Um, If you noticed in the news, among the many things in the news, um, President Trump... um, Mentioned possibly overturning what's called the Johnson Amendment, which is that ruling that um, that sort of keeps churches from advocating um, direct political opinions. Uh, if I were to go out and preach in favor of one candidate, then I jeopardize the the non um, the nonprofit status of the parish. This has been longstanding, and and and, and right, and, and exactly, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So it messes up everything. So it it possibly sort of opens the door to all sorts of of chaos. You can imagine, um, in my world, all my clergy friends start chiming in on social media. Um, There there are those who who think, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the advocacy business, and then we can really do battle. (laughs) And then there are others who are thinking, no, 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 we need to be quiet, we need to be moderate, we need to keep our mouths shut, we need to be the church... Um, so what does it mean for us to show our light to the world on issues that have to do with gospel living? Uh, maybe not particular people or particular policies, but, but issues that, that the scriptures compel us to speak to. And what does it mean for us to be people who have a little bit of salt in us? And uh, not only wake up others, but provide some seasoning and flavor. Um, I think Paul's letter to the Corinthians helps us with that, with, with how we achieve a kind of moderation, with how we, we live in the meantime, in a way. Um, so many of Paul's words and ideas and concepts in both the first and the second letter to the Corinthians... I think are, are strangely relevant to us living in the 21st century in a, in a, in a large urban environment. Um, all sorts of issues that Paul deals with in his day, um, we see similar problems in our day. So there's a lot of resonance, for, for me anyway, looking at some of the things Paul is talking about. In today's reading, Paul talks about taking on the mind of Christ. And he talks about the mind of Christ as having to do with being open to God's Spirit. That if we have Christ's mind, then we have God's Spirit within us. Um, so how do we get that Spirit? How do, we, how do we keep that Spirit? How do we live in the Spirit of God? Um, we remember that we, we're given the Holy Spirit at baptism in no uncertain terms, and nobody, no thing can ever take that away from us. That spirit can be awakened again and again and again. We can be reminded of what enlivens and what stirs up and what renews the Holy Spirit within us. But over and over again, it seems one of the surest ways to, to be centered in the spirit, to, to take on the mind of Christ, um, to begin to move toward this place of peace and moderation, which is not to say passivity, but a place of of calm assurance, Um, has to do with prayer. It has to do with prayer in one way or another. The other day I was walking in the village and I walked by this this gorgeous storefront that was really inviting and it had a nice sign and you sort of wanted to go in. It was really contemporary and attractive. And and for a certain amount of money I could have gone in and they would be happy to teach me how to meditate and I could do it in their beautiful place. (laughs) And again, I thought, you know, Christians have been meditating for 2,000 years, but we're not always very good at marketing. We don't always invite people in in such an attractive way. Um, If you want to learn to meditate or pray, I'll sit with you and I won't charge you a thing. (laughs) A few years ago, someone did try to kind of repackage a kind of prayer. And some of you are familiar with this. It's called Centering Prayer. It's very similar to Christian meditation or, or Zen meditation or any other kind of meditation um, with a few twists. In, in centering prayer, um, one has a word, a centering word, a little bit like a mantra, but a mantra would be something that's repeated over and over again. And so if you were with us this summer when we studied uh, Christian meditation and tried it a little bit, um, Donald Main was leading us in that exercise, and and he encouraged us to have a mantra and repeat it over and over again. And so the the mantra is sort of the the means and the vehicle of the prayer. And we get lost in that language, and it becomes its own language of prayer. And it calms and it centers. And if that works for you, then go to it. Um, Centering prayer would also have a word, um, any word will do. Um, sometimes a word like Maranatha, an early Christian word, come Lord Jesus. Um, Abba, the word Jesus used for his father. Um, maybe mercy is a word that resonates with you. Whatever it is. Um, the way one would practice centering prayer is to, to set a phone or, a, or an alarm for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30, who knows? Start out small and then just Sit. And be present and allow all the distractions to come and go, the, the thoughts, the calendar items, the conversations, just watch them go by. Um, and then when you feel really distracted, just say your word and let that word call you back to center. And so if I were praying, maybe Abba is the the word I would try to center on. And so if I begin to sort of uh, worry about what I read in the news and get all riled up about something, then I would just kind of say Abba, Abba, and return to center. If I begin to think about all the things on my desk that I need to sort out and answer and and prioritize, then again, Abba, and I go back to center. if I begin to think about the person I was kind of sarcastic to, and I wish I could take that back, and how am I going to fix that? Then again, say my word and go back. So you get the idea. It's, it's not about ignoring reality or ignoring the distractions, but just sort of watching them go by. Like watching a river and just allowing it to go by, and then using a centering word to go back to center. So it might be that meditation works for you or, or something like centering prayer or another kind of meditation. Maybe, maybe what works for you is walking through the park. Um, maybe what works for you is listening to a particular piece of music or a kind of music or, or making music. Um, maybe for you what centers you is a good cup of tea in your favorite chair. Who knows what it is, but it, it seems to me that a part of what Jesus is saying with our our being salt and light in the world is to find what centers us and let that bring us home to Christ again and again. And then we'll see how we're to be salty. We'll see how we're to be light in the world. Uh, We won't have to worry about it so much. That second part of the gospel can sound very scary, where Jesus talks about those who keep the commandments will know eternal life. Those who, who don't obey the commandments, well, bad things are happening to them. Um, so often that part of the gospel becomes the focus, and, and that never quite works if that's what we're living towards. If we're living towards being salt and light in the world then over time, if we allow God to center us in the spirit and on the mind of Christ, then we'll find that we are living out Christ's commandments. We are living in God's way. And so we don't have to um, worry about it so much. We don't have to, um, to fixate on the commandments because they're just a part of who we are as people of faith. With all that goes on... Outside these walls and all that goes on in our hearts, in our minds, in our own lives, um, may the Holy Spirit show us again and again ways of centering on Christ, of taking on the mind of Christ. May we continue to grow as people of salt and light. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.